on this episode of Sex and Healing. But it popped up somewhere else in my world within a week of that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to look into this thing. So I go online and I look it up and it says... You know, when my man once said to me, you know, I finally met a woman as sexual as me. And I laughed. I was like, oh, whoa, maybe not. Like, wow, slow down. I'm not as sexual as you. (laughs) Because in my mind, he's the most sexual man I've ever met. It was always, you know, me sharing about my heart or talking emotionally on a date. And then if that person's unable to respond, on the emotional plane, then there's absolutely no chance that I'm interested in them. If they're able to meet me there and play in the realms of emotion, then absolutely the door's open for sexuality. I don't think that's hot. I feel a level of revolt, actually. Like, I feel so turned off. People have told me stories like fuck off that's the least exciting thing about me like if you just value me for that then you don't really know who I am and the world lives at that superficial aesthetic level that I just find like hello and welcome back to the sex and healing podcast I'm your host Erin Kiner and thank you so much for joining me as we take this wild ride together through the realms of sex and healing. We absolutely love your support here at the Sex and Healing Podcast and if you wish to support us more then we ask that you subscribe so that you don't ever miss an episode. You can leave a five-star written review wherever you're listening to this podcast and if there's something in each episode that really brings to mind someone in your world that would benefit, we would love if you were to share an episode. We also have the ability for you guys to donate to the ongoing costs of running this podcast. And of course, that's not at all expected or required, but any kind of donation or tip, even the smallest amount is extremely appreciated. And you can do so with the links in the bio, in the show notes, or at paypal.me forward slash sex and healing. Today's episode is all about the life-changing awareness that I had this week that I am in fact a demisexual. (laughs) And you know I don't like labels. If you've listened to a previous episode of mine by Polly Sub and In Love, then you would hear me have quite the rant about the fact that I don't like labels. And yet I absolutely understand their value and their benefit. So I came across a meme earlier, maybe a week prior to this awareness about being demisexual. And the meme said, demisexual, noun, a person who doesn't experience sexual attraction unless they form a strong emotional connection with someone. And I forwarded it to my man with a statement that says, this must be me. (laughs) So I didn't think about it too much again. He didn't actually reply to that one. Um, So we didn't have a conversation about it between us. But it popped up somewhere else in my world within a week of that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to look into this thing. So I go online and I look it up and it says demisexual. Demisexual people only feel sexual attract only feel sexually attracted to someone when they have an emotional bond with a person. 
And as I read more and more about the understanding of demisexuality, it became more and more and more apparent that this is absolutely who I am. So it actually sits halfway along the asexual spectrum. So on one end, we have asexual. An asexual is someone who has little or no sexual attraction to the other side being sexual or allosexual, which means that people have sexual attraction to others. So with demisexuality sitting at the midway point, it means that the conditions must be met of emotional bonding, of emotional connection in order to feel sexual attraction. So when I look at my past, I have had, I would consider myself an extremely sexual person. You know, when my man once said to me, you know, I finally met a woman as sexual as me. And I laughed. I was like, oh, whoa, maybe not. Like, wow, slow down. I'm not as sexual as you. (laughs) Because in my mind, he's the most sexual man I've ever met. But I went away and thought about that. And I'm like, am I as sexual as him? Like, why, why don't I accept that about myself? Why do I struggle to accept this identity of being so sexual? On one hand, I recognize it. And on the other hand, I can recognize these experiences where I've been completely asexual, where I feel no sexual desire. I've been in circumstances where I'll walk into a sex party and I hate it. I hate it. Like I feel so triggered and so turned off and not at all attracted to anything. And I just think, oh, this is not me. And then I see other people at those events having sexual experiences in that environment. And I think, oh, they must be more sexual than me even though that doesn't completely compute in my brain because I inherently know that I'm more sexual, but they can do things that I can't, therefore I'm not sexual. So I really, it's something that my man and I have talked about a lot and laughed about a lot is (laughs) my struggle to fully and wholeheartedly accept the understanding of what a sexual being I am. But now understanding demisexuality makes me completely see with such clarity that without the emotional bond that I need, then I'm asexual. I'm not sexually attracted. So I can, like, I would suspect that almost every woman has a degree of demisexuality. In general, most females or most feminine identifying beings do need some sort of emotional bond in order to express their sexuality. But I think really the distinction with demisexuality is that the lack of sexual attraction without it. Now, I've definitely had casual encounters. Like I went through a phase where I was having so much casual sex and with lots of different partners. And so when I reflect on that little window in my life where I was in that mode, I still had an emotional bond with those people. I was still choosing people where I felt some sort of emotional connection or chemistry. And I would now in hindsight, find a way to wiggle into a heart space with them. It was always, you know, me sharing about my heart or talking emotionally on a date. And then if that person's unable to respond on the emotional plane, then there's absolutely no chance that I'm interested in them. If they're able to meet me there and play in the realms of emotion, then absolutely the door's open for sexuality. And so I am such a deeply emotional person. I actually haven't met anyone else who experiences emotions the way that I do, to the depth that I do, to the intensity that I do. I'm a triple water sign (laughs) astrologically. So basically I'm pure emotion. 
And now finally I've met my match. I've met a man whose heart is as deep as mine, whose love is as deep as mine, whose emotional spectrum is as wide as mine. He doesn't operate from an emotional space, but he loves being there and he knows how to be there with me and he knows, and he said it to me a long time ago, actually, you need your sexuality delivered on deep emotion. So with his sexual He wouldn't call himself a healer necessarily or identify himself as a healer, but he absolutely knows that he transforms women sexually. He said to me once, I just love to work out what what is it that this woman needs? How do I crack the code? So feminine sexuality is obviously so complex. And so he, being such an intuitive and masterful person, helps women understand themselves and what they need to connect the dots to experience the fullness of their sexuality. And so he knew this about me without ever having a framework or a word for it, but he knew that I needed that deep emotionality. And when you bring that emotionality to my sexuality, then I am the most sexual woman he's ever been with, that I am as sexual as he is. The beautiful thing about being with him and sharing my sexuality with him is that he is like the key that unlocks me that I get to take with me into all of my sexual experiences I share with him. So any fantasies that I have, any sex parties that we go to with his presence and the emotional bond that we share, that means that my sexuality is unlocked and I get to experience all these things. So I will be fulfilling every single fantasy I've ever had in my entire life and even things that I didn't even know that I wanted. <laughs> Thanks to this incredible, deep emotional connection and he loves my emotions and he loves when I cry. He loves being in the presence of the purity of my emotion. He loves feeling the waves of love that just radiate out of me for him and for life. And, you know, he, he he's not afraid of emotionality. And I think in many relationships where the emotional connection dissipates over time, The peak of the emotional connection happens early in the relationship. He and I were reflecting on this when he was talking about some friends that he's had, couples that he's had that, you know, they've been together for decades. The emotional connection never returns to what it was. So in these circumstances, if someone needs emotionality for their sexuality, then often it is also that the sexuality dissipates in these relationships because the emotional bond deteriorates because people get comfortable, they get in a little you know, habit as a couple, and then they just exist together. So lucky for me, I have found a man with deep emotionality and very high emotional intelligence who is able to provide that depth of emotional connection that allows me to experience the fullness of my own sexuality. And in some ways, it does make me feel fearful and attached to him because he's my key. I'm like, you can't unlock me like this and then leave me. You can never leave me. (laughs) Because once you understand yourself as a sexual woman like this, once you have these kind of sexual experiences and this kind of sexual fulfillment, it would be very, very, very hard to go back in the world and not have it again. And I say this a lot. I don't want to get in some story that I've got to be without it because I know life keeps getting better and better. And I intend that this is going to be a very, very stable, long-lasting, sustainable, robust relationship for us. But it's 
an absolute fucking gift and I don't want to lose it. (laughs) And so you might have heard me talk in earlier episodes about my FetLife profile and how FetLife is like a social media, a social networking for people with fetishes. It's a closed private network and in there you have to identify yourself. You have to choose a label and there's so many things that you could be in. You can be submissive, you can be dominant, you can be switch, you can be princess, you can be a doll, you can be a puppy. And I really struggle to identify myself because I'm just hard to identify. Like, you know, I was having a conversation with another woman this week and it was a, an amazing chemistry that we had and my man said, oh, did you tell her that you're Polly? And at first I felt like, oh, no, why? Why? I would never say that. I would never say that. You're not going to, I'm never going to be like, hi, I'm Erin and I'm bisexual and Polly. Like never. It is just not how I operate. It's it's so not an important part of who I am in my mind. It's just so limited. I've always said I'm just Erin. And yes, I'm talking to this woman about being deeply in love with a man and still wanting a female partner. So I'm implying that we're Polly, but I don't walk around with this concept in my mind like, oh, I am Polly. Let me tell the world that I am this thing. Like that's just not how it works for me. So on FetLife, I choose to identify as a sensualist because my sensuality is with me 24-7. That doesn't fall under the demisexual category that it needs certain conditions to be met in order for me to experience I'm sensual 24 seven like every single thing that I do and that I touch and that I experience I wish to have sensuality with it so under the relationship status I've identified that I'm primal because that is something else that has been unlocked in my relationship and has been amazing to experience my primality and the intensity of animalistic sexual sexuality that I have inside of me so I felt very good to finally feel like Within the context of labels, which I hate, I have labels that make sense to me, that I am primal, demisexual, sensualist, (laughs) which I think is really quite funny. (laughs) That is a very wide spectrum. That's, That's not three words that you would often see put together, I'm sure, but I feel so fucking good because they're my words and that's my understanding at this point in time. And that too is going to continue to evolve as my sexuality evolves, I'm sure. Just taking a little pause now, chat here to share with you about our amazing sponsor, Maeve. There is no shame in your pleasure. In fact, it is about time that your sensual satisfaction becomes part of your everyday health routine. Maeve, the app is a whole audio library of sexy stories, guided sessions, and sound experiences created by top-notch writers and experts in orgasmic living and brought to life by the most sultry voices and soundscapes. Fresh audios to explore your self-pleasure, but also to spice up your intimacy with your partner are added weekly. Use the code ERIN20 to get 20% off your yearly subscription. Details can be found in the show notes. Now let's get back to it. So the thing about demisexuality is it's not actually a sexual orientation. It doesn't tell you who you're going to be attracted to. So it doesn't replace the idea that I'm bisexual or it doesn't replace the idea that someone's heterosexual. It's it's an identity that 
underneath that lies your sexual orientation. So my sexual orientation, I still don't like calling myself bisexual. That's never felt right. I called myself a lesbian for 12 years and that kind of felt like I identify as a lesbian because I've chosen to spend my life with a woman. But that too on some level didn't feel right. And then there's pansexuality, which is the attraction to all genders, which typically, technically, technically I'm pansexual because once this demisexual need is met, then I am attracted to all genders and all sex acts. And like, there's basically nothing that my man and I won't do. Like everything becomes erotic to us. There's nothing that's excluded, which is also a little strange that I don't completely understand this enough. <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. Why do you not think that's hot? That's so hot. But, you know, walking into that sex club without having my emotional needs met, I don't think that's hot. I feel a level of revolt, actually. Like I feel so turned off. People have told me stories of things that they've done that used to turn me off so much. And on the inside, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, please don't tell me. Oh my God, I don't want to hear this, but I don't want to be judgmental and I don't want to judge or shame anyone. And so I listen objectively, but I know on the inside, I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable with it. Now, having understood myself as a demisexual, I'm like, oh, I don't need to judge that at all. My level of sexual attraction to that has got nothing to do with it. I can see this very clear framework of why it doesn't make sense to me now, which just brings me so much peace. Like I can't even explain to you when this awareness was dropping in, it felt like something coming in energetically, like from above clicking into my energy field that just made everything make sense. Every single sexual experience I've had my entire fucking life and every non-sexual experience <laughs> all fucking made sense. So much sense. What fucking relief. Like I used to get so fucking triggered when people try and pick me up. I get so irritated when people value me for my beauty. I'd be like, fuck off. That's not me. Why do you want to fuck me just because you think I'm hot? Like I'm so much more than that. And what I realized is that they're attracted to something that doesn't require emotional bond. And so therefore it's not sexy to me, but they're trying to pick me up anyway. So now I'm like, oh, now I know why I hate people trying to pick me up. I hate why people are, uh, I understand why I hate that people are attracted to my beauty. I've had a real chip on my shoulder about people valuing me for my beauty. I'm like, fuck off. That's the least exciting thing about me. Like if you just value me for that, then you don't really know who I am. And the world lives at that superficial aesthetic level that I just find like, Bleh. now I'm like, oh, you're not a demisexual. That's okay. <laughs> you're you. I'm me. I don't need to take anything personally. I don't need to get upset about anything. I'm a primal demisexual sensualist and you're not. <laughs> so yay for this label. Yay for this empowerment that has come to me. Yay for the relief and the understanding. And as always, continue to evolve not be limited by any label, not to be restricted by anything, but just continue being Aaron. Aaron being Aaron. That essentially is my life motto. <laughs> so in summary to today's episode, demisexuality 
is the requirement of having an emotional bond in order to feel sexually attracted. And it's not an orientation, it's an identity. And such an identity may offer you the same liberation as it has offered me or the understanding of someone else in your world. And maybe we all feel more compassionate understanding of ourselves and of each other. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Sex and Healing. And as always, I would love to hear from you. <laughs> you can find me by Instagram where we do lots of Q&As. You can always submit your questions to me that you would like to hear answered, whether that's on an episode or via an IGTV. And come and share the love. Let me know what your takeaways were, what you loved, what triggered you, what outstanding questions you might have. Let me know if you identify as a demisexual. I want to know it all. <laughs> If there is someone in your world that you think would benefit from hearing this episode, then please share. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, laugh loud and fuck louder. 